0: What's up? Welcome to Forte Catholic with your host, the beautiful Taylor Schroll. That's how I like to describe myself. I uh, went to a Christmas party a couple weeks ago, and on the mirror, there was a sign that said, like, smile, you're beautiful. So, of course, I smiled into the mirror and took a selfie of myself. smiling into the mirror, and it's now, uh, I'm going to plaster it up over all my coworkers' desks. So, um, so welcome to the show. This is Forte Catholic. I am your host, Taylor Schroll. We're here for another week, the first show of the new year, and I just realized that I started off the new year of Forte Catholic by telling a story about me taking a selfie in a bathroom. That's a fantastic way to start off the year. Um, speaking of fantastic ways to start off the year, we have a great show tonight. We have great shows set up for the rest of the month. Uh, booked a bunch of guests today. Uh, Today is a special day because it's the birthday, the second birthday of my youngest daughter, my only daughter, but my youngest child. And so we celebrated today. We had a lot of fun. Um, We went to the park and we played catch because that's what two-year-olds do. Um, We made her a cake and we didn't really sing to her because she hates it when I sing. Even though I sing for a living, um, so uh, so yeah, that was fun. So, two years ago today, tonight actually, uh, Maggie was born, and it was, it was a pretty crazy story. So, I'm going to tell that story here in just a minute. Uh, in our second segment, we have a very special guest guest. Named Sam Shepard, uh, she was. Um, she works with me now, but now she or she used to be on the national evangelization team, uh, Net Ministries. So she's going to talk a little bit about that, some of her stories from her time in Net, what she learned, that sort of thing. And then we're going to talk, um, continue kind of the story theme for tonight, and talk about how um, how we're able to tell stories in this day and age, for, through the the great gift of technology, and talk about the kind of the pros and cons of technology. So. Uh, without further ado, let's just kind of hop in. Um, I want to welcome you here to uh, Red Sea Radio in the new year. If you're listening to us, we're only three days into the new year, uh, so we're we are live from the Red Sea Radio Studios in St. Mary's in College Station. It's our last live show for quite a while. The next few few weeks are going to be pre recorded because I'm a basketball coach at St. Joseph's in Bryan. And we have games every Tuesday for like the next six or seven weeks. So um, we're, we're having fun tonight live and then we'll uh, pre-record them for you and let you know about that. But <clears throat> let's jump into this Maggie story. So two years ago tonight, I had some friends over at my house. We were watching playoff games, NFL playoff games. Uh, I forget what the first game was, but it was starting to get late. We were watching the second game. I know the Steelers were in it. I don't remember who the other team was, and I don't remember who won because of what happened next. So it's getting pretty late. It's after 10.30 or so, and we're watching the NFL. My wife goes and puts our our son to sleep, and then she goes into the shower, and uh, I'm sitting there with with two of my best friends, uh, one of whom fell asleep and was snoring because that's, that's what he does. So we're sitting there watching the game, enjoying the game. My wife calls me over, and she's like, Hey, I think I'm in labor. And this was like a week before she was actually due. And I was like, well, I don't know, because let's, let's look it up on the internet. Because with our with our son, she was a week late um, from the due date and just had the kind of a lot of things that, that prevented her from having the baby on time. And it was a week late. And so I was like, well, I don't know. It's early. It's really different. And she was in labor for a long time with Christopher, uh, our, our son. So I was like, oh, we have time, right? We have we have plenty of time. Uh, let's just look it up and, and find out. So we look up on the internet, and she's like, oh yeah, like her water did break. So we're like, okay. I call my mom and my my sisters come over. We lived in pretty much the same neighborhood, so they they came over, um, because we we're gonna we we're gonna leave and go to the hospital. So my mom's gonna come with us. My sisters are gonna stay there with with my son, and then. Uh, my One of my best friends is like, I'll st- okay, I'll stay for a while too. And then my other best friend's like, he's asleep. Like he's still asleep. Like we're having a baby and he's asleep on the couch. And we're like, whatever, we'll just leave him there. But then I go outside and his truck is behind my car. So we can't get out. So I go and I wake him up. I'm like, hey, wake up. We have to go. And he wakes up like completely in a daze and just gets up. He's like, okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Good night. <laughs> like gets up. Gets in his car and drives away. Has no idea what's happening. Like, didn't know we had a baby until the next day when he woke up. So, <laughs> it's crazy. So, we get in the car and we lived in a small town outside of Houston and the, the hospital that we were going to use, like where my, where my wife's doctor was, was in Houston. So, it's about a 40, 45 minute drive, which, you know, compared to our last kid, there would have been plenty of time. We would have had 40 minutes plus a week <laughs> to, to get to the hospital on time. So, essentially, we just get, have to get out of the neighborhood, and then we take one straight road, 288, going from Lake Jackson, Texas, to Houston, Texas. It's a straight road. takes about 40 minutes to get to the hospital, and it's right there. So, we're flying down the road, and I'm speeding, but not my much. I'm only going, like, 10 miles over, you know, over the speed limit, trying to get there pretty quick, but still not, you know, really freaking out. And then, like, she's like, starts going, like, into labor. Like, she starts having, like, big contractions in the car, and she's like, you know, yelling, and screaming, you know, like, kind of freaking out, real calm, but, you know, having a baby, she's like, baby's coming, baby's coming, I was like, oh, no, like, we'll be fine, we'll get there, and then she's like, no, like, the baby's coming, and I reach my hand over, and I can, like, feel the baby's head, <laughs> and I may or may not be, like, driving in triple digits at this point, right, so I just, like, just slam on the brakes, and she had, she had pushed one time before I got out of the car. She had pushed. I get out of the car. She's pushing one more time, right? I, by the time I slow down from may or maybe not going triple digits on the side of the road in the middle of the night, not by a town, you know, like it, halfway in between Lake Jackson, Texas and Houston, Texas. Like we've gotten 15 minutes down the road. Like, not even halfway there, in the middle of nowhere. And so I slam on the brakes. I get out of the, get out of my car, sprint over to the other side, open the passenger door. By the time I get there, all I have enough time to do is to grab the baby's head and catch the body as it comes out. Like, <laughs> she had the baby on the side of the road in the middle of the night in my car, right? So... Crazy, crazy, crazy story. I can barely watch ER or like medical shows, right? Like I don't like other people's body stuff, right? And uh, let's just say that changed. Like it didn't change, but I just had to deal with it, right? Right. So I go from this guy who doesn't like, like I I played sports. I've seen my own blood quite a bit. It doesn't bother me. Other people's. That's that's a different story, right? So I should not be in this scenario. Like, I, science was my worst class. Had no idea what I was doing. I just, you know, but I played football, so I knew how to catch. So I caught the baby, right? That's, that's, that's about all I knew how to do. But so we're standing there. It's in the mid, you know, January 3rd. And so it's cold. So I'm like, I know I had to keep the baby warm because she has to finish doing her. My wife has finished doing the rest of it. And so I'm standing there. Holding the baby, like, up against me next to the heater. Like, that right, far right heater in the car. Just holding the baby in the heater. Baby's just chilling. Like, barely cries. Right, Just hanging out. My mom's in the back seat. She calls 911. And I'm like, we're just going to get in the car and drive. Like, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're just going to get in car and drive. Like, she calls 911. They're like, no, you need to stay there. We'll send an ambulance. So we waited for, like, I think it was, like, 10 or 15 minutes. You know, it felt like 10 or 15 hours, you know, out there waiting. And... Uh, They drive us to like the nearest hospital, not the one we're supposed to go to. So uh, we get to the hospital and go into they. they, You know, take them into the emergency room. There's no one there. It's this little hospital in this little town. Um, Get to get to the ER. They take my wife in. They take the baby in, and like just get swarmed. Like all the doctors and all the nurses. Like it felt like the entire hospital were just focused on them. Right? They just like shut me out. I'm like, well. I guess I can't do anything, right? And I'm just, you know, just covered in things I shouldn't be covered in. So I'm like, I'm gonna go clean up right now. <laughs> like that's what that's what. So I go to the like bathroom and I just like clean myself, right? And then I come back, and then they finally take us. St- like everything's fine, and that's what's crazy. Every, is that everything was fine? Like I knew not, Like the the people in the ambulance were like, "Did you cut the umbilical cord?" I'm like, "No." Like I wouldn't know where to cut. I would not want to do that <laughs> either way. And they're like, oh, okay. And so they did it in the ambulance. Anyway, just crazy stuff, right? None of this should have gone well. And everything went so smoothly, right? Like, I am not qualified whatsoever to be the delivering doctor for a baby. And everything went fine. Like, you know, there could have been so many complications. And all these complications happen just in normal births in a hospital, right? And uh, they're able to kind of solve those complications now with the you know, modern medicine and all those types of things that they're able to do in the hospital. Like any of that stuff could have happened and none of it happened on the side of the road, not even in a city limits. We're just in a County. So my wife's Hispanic. So my child is half Hispanic. So on my half Hispanic child's birth certificate, it says birthplace unknown. (laughs) Like that's, Not a really good thing. (laughs) That can lead to some problems. But you know, at at least the good news is it does say Brazoria County. So she was born. We know she was born in America. So she's not undocumented. But uh, she. So just all this crazy stuff surrounding this story. And the the coolest part to me was I I had like my my phone synced up to my uh, like I have Bluetooth on my phone, so it connects to my car, so I can play music in my car. And this song that it was just like it was just on random right So I was just playing these songs on on random um, and right like as my wife starts having the baby, this song pops on and it had been it had been something that had been on my heart for a while for different reasons. And then so in all this craziness and all these things that could have gone wrong, I'm catching my baby as this song starts to play. it's called "Good to me by Audrey Asad. I'm gonna let you listen to it.
1: And you're always
0: that is good to me by audrey assad that's the song that i heard when i heard when i held my daughter for the first time right when everything was going crazy everything could have gone wrong i caught my baby it was like something out of a movie. i caught my baby as the first chorus for that song hit you're good to me you're good to me you're good to me and that was like like all i could do in that moment was just like pray those words right when everything should have gone wrong could have gone wrong i was like god you're good to me and it reminds me of the of the scripture in Romans chapter 8 28 says and we know that um, in all things God works for the good of those who love him so like I was like God's got my back you know so like God fulfills his promises It says in this song it's like your goodness and, and mercy shall follow me all of my life I'll trust in your promise like his promise is that you know he'll love me he'll be he'll be there with me and he proved that on that January 3rd night in the middle in the middle of the ro- in the middle of the night in the middle of the road um, and, like, when fires are burning all around me, like, I'll praise you, my God. And just, like, that moment of being able to thank God, like, thank you that this baby's healthy and that now, two years later, I get to, you know, play with her at the park on her second birthday. So, uh, praise God for that. Uh, that was So, that was a crazy story of Maggie's birthday. We will take a break, and we'll be right back. We'll um, hear some stories from Sam Shepard, a former NET missionary, about her time on NET. Be right back. Forte Catholic. I am your host, Taylor Schroll. I am joined in the studio today not only by rock steady producer Jake Blazek, I'm also joined by one of my other co workers today, Miss Sam Shepard. Sam, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm great. How are you, Taylor?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Um, so, Sam, you were on this um, this thing called NET. You served on NET for two years. Mm-hmm. So many people in our audience have probably heard about NET or know what NET is. Uh, but for those who don't, just the 30-second version, what is NET?
2: Yes. So NET is an acronym, and so that means each letter stands for something. So the N is national. So actually NET is in the U.S., in Australia, in Ireland, Scotland, and Uganda. Uh, I served in Canada and In the US. Um, Evangelization just means spreading the good news that Jesus Christ died and longs to be in a relationship with us and be one with us again. And we did it in a team.
0: (laughs) So, on a scale of one to 10, rank the United States in general. 10. On a scale of one to 10, rank Canada. Nine. Yeah, there you go. As, as, <laughs> as, as long as you didn't say that they were equal, um, I was going to cut the, the interview short and make up the rest of the segment. So um, so that's kind of what NET is in general. But what I kind of want to do with with, the, with uh, talking to you today is kind of get a peek behind the curtains of what NET looks like um, beca- as, as a missionary on NET. Because I know a lot of people know it, like maybe as a parish, they know that they're people that put on retreats for local youth groups or that sort of thing. But what does a week in the life of a net missionary look like?
2: Yeah, so as a traveling team or a parish team?
0: Uh, What's the difference?
2: (laughs) Right, so a traveling team, which is what I did my first year, uh, we start in one central location and then we actually travel across the entire country putting on retreats. So what that would look like is going to one town, we'd put on a retreat, we'd spend the night and then drive to the next town and do it all over again. Um, Versus a parish team, you're in one place for nine months and so... It's really just like embedding yourself within the parish, trying to find youth, trying to have a lot of one-on-ones. You're just really trying to make relationships and build disciples while you're there.
0: Right. So I think that probably what most people are familiar with are these traveling teams. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, somebody will come in once a year and that team will come to Bryan College Station or something mm-hmm. like that. So y'all are traveling. So that means that y'all are on the road for what, nine months, right?
2: Nine months. And you're
0: on a team of how many people?
2: Uh, my first year, it was 10. So, ten people.
0: so how did 10 people get around for nine months?
2: <laughs> we had two cars and a trailer. So we just kind of followed each other and drove.
0: Oh, wow. So every time I've seen a net team, they've had like a big bus, like they look like something out of the 70s, right? These hippies that don't have houses.
2: 12 passenger van or 14 passenger van. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: like this was way, this will date me a little bit. But back in the day when spinners or spree wells were popular, like on cars, they were like the spinning rims, right? (laughs) So the net team that came to my parish had a 15 passenger van, 12 passenger van, something like that. And, you know, they pull up. And they have these spinners, so they stop, you know, those are the things where you stop your car and the rims keep spinning. Uh-huh. And they had like the plastic version of those. <laughs> so, <laughs> kinda, like one of them fell off while it was there. Oh, no. So, yeah, Nets kind of has that kind of eclectic kind of kind of uh, ring to them. So, um, I'm sure there are some pretty crazy stories of being on the road, like yeah. driving across Canada. Like, I, had you ever been to Canada before you went up there?
2: I'd never been to Canada. <laughs> okay, so
0: you got to see all of Canada in all its white glory, right? So, I like, did. <laughs> all, this, all that snow. What's the funniest thing that happened when you're traveling with these 10 people in two cars for nine months?
2: Um, funniest thing? I guess I. one of the cool things, I don't know if this is funny, but cool, it got to about negative 40 which is really, really, really cold. Yeah,
0: for those of you that don't know, that's actually what hell is like. You know, like, <laughs> theologians have been saying that it's, like, all these flames and stuff. I'm convinced it's, it's like, negative 40 below.
2: It's awful. Like, if you stay outside too long, you're, like, your lungs will freeze. It's bad. You can't stay outside for that long. But um, the, one of my teammates just went come outside. come to America,
0: people. Just, just, <laughs> just come <leave>. to America.
2: <laughs> one of my teammates went outside. He had just poured, like, boiling hot water into a cup, and like walked outside and said, "Watch!" And he threw it in the air, and it just instantly became snow, that's like falling down. Un-
0: ungodly! It was. It's not terrifying. Of the Lord.
2: <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, and I guess another funny story is I got to actually see a hockey game for the first time in Canada. I'd never seen hockey before, um, and I got to go with one of my teammates' families. And so we went, and <laughs> they actually convinced me that this ice skating rink was built over a lake and at the end of the game we get to go on to the ice and like they drill holes where you go ice fishing. So I was convinced that I was going to get to go ice fishing. They kept this going on for like a week my whole team that ice fishing. I told so many youth that I was so excited about ice fishing on an like on a hockey rink. That's not a true story. You you don't get to yeah. you don't get to ice fish so, so on a hockey rink.
0: We, we are uh We're seeing, like, the true Sam in this story. (laughs) I I love Sam because she's, like, the most gullible person I've ever met in my entire life. I've convinced her about, like, you know, I've convinced her about 50 things that aren't true. You could call it lying, but then I'd have to go to confession. So I just call it joking (laughs) and her being gullible. So um, this whole net experience, you're you're like, what is the main goal of this kind of crazy idea to go on the road with 10 other people in two cars get convinced that ice fishing is a thing under hockey, like this entire endeavor. What's what's the goal of it? What's the point of it? Why do you do that?
2: Yeah, um, I actually had a really cool experience when I was younger with a net team. Um, I went on a retreat that they were putting on and I had this huge conversion and, and grew closer to the Lord after meeting that net team. So um, with the experience that I had, I knew that that was kind of like what I wanted was to go on net and be able to allow youth to encounter Christ in a new and maybe interesting way that they Haven't done that before so it's just a a way where we we use music and we use games and we use small groups and talks to to really lead up to the point of prayer ministry for them to respond to the lord and allow them to to really say yes to him maybe for the first time in their in their lives and that's just a beautiful moment to experience um as a person so
0: yeah so one of the things about like so both as a youth like i went on these retreats when i when i was you know a, a young lad back when uh, i had to get all my food by ice fishing back in the day because there weren't <laughs> stores um and i also like was a youth minister that's brought net teams in so i've kind of seen it from from these two angles and one of the things that net always does does well is like building these relationships when they know these kids for less than 24 hours right mm-hmm. and i think one of the big ways that that happens is through the fun and the mm-hmm. games you know um you know having you know, young people enjoy church for a change, you know, for a lot of these parishes. Um, why don't you just give us an example of one of the, because one of the fun things is like the meal prayers, right? Oh. So why don't you give us an example? Because what, what NET does is kind of take pop culture, sometimes outdated pop culture, and uh, uh, f- and makes these prayers for the meal. So why don't you just give us a little ditty on, on, on what one of these prayers is?
2: Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of them. The one that came to mind first is called the the military grace, so I'm going to need your help, Taylor. Okay. Um so I say it and then you repeat it, okay? I can do in that. In your best military voice that you have. So normally we stand in front of them and we get them like into it. So we ask them to like stomp their feet like soldiers. So just imagine that's happening. Oh, okay. Yep, there it is. (laughs) One clap. (laughs) All right. right. We ask you, Lord, to bless this food. We ask you, Lord, to bless this food. (laughs) Accept our grace and gratitude.
0: Accept our grace and gratitude.
2: We're gonna pray, pray, pray all day. We're gonna pray, pray, pray all day. We're gonna pray till we got nothing to say. We're
0: gonna pray till we got nothing to say.
2: Second verse, same (laughs) as the first, but a whole lot louder and a whole lot worse. And so then we blah blah blah. blah, (laughs) You don't repeat that part. (laughs) (laughs) You don't repeat that part but we just do that again but just like louder and then you do it again even louder so like you have these youth like screaming that they're going to pray all day it's it's pretty exciting
0: yeah i i am convinced also that yelling at the lord is the best way for him to hear (laughs) he's been around a while so his hearing might be a little a little off after these years um i mean that's why the show is called forte catholic because i'm very loud um, it mainly comes from the depths of my prayer. I just yell at God all the time, so, <laughs> and make up uh, make up prayers uh, based on old songs that no one knows anymore. So, uh, so that's kind of the fun side of of net, right? So, for you in your ministry. Like as you go around traveling and, and like sharing the gospel, sharing the love of Christ, sharing fun with these young people, what was the most impactful moment that you had in ministry, like with a group or with, with a, a, a young person?
2: Um, I guess I'll talk about my second year. Um, so I got to work with the middle school program uh, my second year in Chanhassen, Minnesota, and I was privileged to get a group of eighth grade young ladies. So I met with them every week and we kind of just like, had a talk, and then we'd go into small group and, like, talk about it. And sometimes, I don't know if you've experienced this, but eighth graders can have, like, a I'm too cool for school and I know everything and I don't need you kind of attitude. All the eighth
0: grade girls when I was in eighth grade were way too cool for me.
2: <laughs> and so I was I was with this uh, group of young ladies, and, I mean, my first half with them was so hard. Like, they just didn't want to talk or, like, do anything or anything at all. And so, I just like just persevered and continued like just striving to have relationships with each of them and, and just getting them to talk about something, anything that they liked. And eventually when we got to the end of the year, this was where I saw some of the most growth in in these women who went from like not caring about the Lord to at least like being open and like hearing that maybe there's some truth to the Catholic faith and and there's something there for them to to grasp onto and um, it was really beautiful, like our, our last small group, just us like sharing things that we had learned and things that when a time I didn't think they were paying attention or <laughs> was even caring about what I was saying. And like these were things they were like, this this changed my life. Like, thank you for sharing that with wow. me because I never knew. And so it was crazy beautiful to see that experience and, and to see them change so much and the Lord do so much in their hearts.
0: Yeah, like I've had to reflect on that that idea a lot being in ministry, because a lot of times it feels like you're not getting through to people. It feels a lot like the beginning (laughs) of your year with those eighth grade girls. And I had to, when I was reflecting on it, kind of down on myself one day, I had looked back and I was like, okay, what did I remember that my youth ministers told me? I love my youth ministers. They were great. Like not, not much. Right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm here. I'm a Catholic radio show host and in ministry because of some of those people that were impactful in my life. Right. I, I don't remember their talks, you know, like I don't remember what they said, but I remember how much they love the Lord. I'm sure some of the things like subconsciously I know who taught me what, but not really, right? And, but it was it was so impactful for me to have that relationship. I think you had a story from your first year, too, of traveling, right? I did. That, yeah, yeah. Go, why don't you share that one?
2: Okay. <laughs> so I was on retreat, and I was actually the retreat leader that day. So my job is to kind of emcee our way through the retreat, be the front, the face of the retreat. So that was my job for the day. So, normally when you're a retreat leader, you're not a small group leader. And so that was no different that day. But there was this one young lady (laughs) who was on retreat who was just a little different than everyone else. Um, The first time I came in contact with her, we were like in the middle of the talk of the day. And she like stood up in the back and started like twirling. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is the day we're going to have like today. Like twirling
0: a baton? No,
2: like twirling her body just oh, like in circles. I thought,
0: I thought you were like, she was like in the f- color guard. <laughs> like, what are do you
2: doing? What are you doing? Both, what are you doing? <laughs> and so she ends up like leaving and like going to the bathroom and then she like runs back in and just like yells. And I'm like, oh no. So I like go over and I end up starting a conversation with her because she's not listening to the talk. So I might as well keep her from distracting everyone else. So I was talking with her and I just slowly started to realize that um, she kind of had this reputation of being like the bad girl. And so it was kind of like something she always had to fulfill throughout everything that she did. And so um, eventually, like throughout the day, I realized that she would do better in like one-on-one. So we had a small group of one (laughs) the whole time. The smallest group ever. The smallest group ever. So, you know, just like talking with her, asking her like where she was in her faith and like, how has the Lord changed her life? And she kind of said nothing. Like she didn't have anything. Um, so she kind of just followed me around. And we happened to go into the church. And she was like, "What? what is that on the walls there? And I had to look. And I was like, oh, the, it's the Stations of the Cross. And she was like, "What? what is that? <laughs> and so I was like, we're stopping everything. <laughs> and so I kind of just like walked her through the Stations of the Cross explaining what that was. And she was like, wait. Jesus was a a real person. Yes. (laughs) Like, yes, he's a a real person and he died on a cross and like to forgive you of your sins so that he could be one with you again. And it was like, she had never heard that story or that, that idea before it was crazy. And, um, by the end of the, by the end of the retreat, she comes up to me and she's like, what's that thing that, um, Catholics do to like get their sins forgiven. I was like, confession. (laughs) And she's like, I need to go to confession. (laughs) And I was like,
0: so she doesn't know that Jesus was a thing, but she knows confession.
2: I guess so. Catholic school. Way to go. Catholics! (laughs) And so we like, I was like, yes. So I like ran, I like ran to go find a priest. I was like, any, is there any priest anywhere to come to confession? And, um, she had confession and it was just like this beautiful moment. And I, I just remember ending talking with her. I was like, you are like so much more than any person. Like, says that you are like God says you are good so you are good um live your life that way and it, it was just like so beautiful to like see her and like see her just like in one day how she had grown so much um I still pray for her because you know she's in Canada somewhere <laughs> but yeah it's, it's just beautiful to see God working
0: yeah that's that's awesome so like, it's, it's cool how how you can see that you made an impact you know both in these in these two different ways of doing ministry just popping in for a day, and then also building relationships with these girls for for nine months. So we have a, just about a minute left. What we've been talking about, like how you experienced it as like in ministry. Like, what did it do for you? How did it, like mm-hmm. what? How did you grow as be, being a net missionary?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, you grow spiritually. You have to. <laughs> There's no way that you can do God's work without growing spiritually in some way. So to realize the importance of personal prayer and to realize how prayer changes things and that everything we did like before we started a retreat we pray at the end of a retreat we pray before we go to pray with the youth on on the retreat we pray like there's just like so many times we pray as a team we pray by ourselves there's, there's just so much prayer um, and how the Lord needs that and we need that to like do our mission with him um, and definitely just learning how to sacrifice sometimes and, and the joy in the sacrifice um, when you're together with. Nine other people for nine months, and you eat together, and you sleep together, and you you do like you work together every day. It can be really difficult sometimes, I'm different sure personalities. Never, never
0: any tough moments.
2: <laughs> and so, just like realizing that, and realizing um, the goodness that's within them even when sometimes they might be a little annoying
0: (laughs) (laughs) just just a little you heard it here first you might annoy someone if you live and do everything together with them for nine months so uh thanks sam for coming on if you're more interested in net uh we talked about the canadian version but if you go to net usa netusa.org you can find out some more information that's Natusa for short if you want to look it up uh check it out if you're 18 to 25 29 ish i think um Check it out if you're interested in in doing this type of ministry. So we will be right back here in just a moment to continue the show. Uh, We'll see you in just a minute. Final segment of the first episode of Forte Catholic in 2017. Taking a look back at 2016, it was a crazy year, wasn't it? So, um, I went and I, I used the wonders of technology this this last week. It was it was really interesting to go back and look at the Forte Catholic website and see like what was the most viewed. Right, technology's super weird. Like I can see certain like for certain things i can see who listened to what, who who read what. Other times it's just numbers like so i i went and looked through like the five the five most listened to podcasts and the five most read blogs of the year. If you want to check it out, you can go to www.fortecatholic.com. It's right there on the first page um in the blog section. And it was really cool to kind of see what was the most popular thing. And the the most popular thing really stuck out stuck out. And I as I was kind of reminiscent on 2016, I was able to rem- it helped me to remember what was going on. So the number one most read blog that I wrote all year was about this little game that came out, not sure if you heard about it called Pokemon Go. It was only the biggest craze of 2016, right? Like it became the the most like fastest selling, highest selling like f- uh phone app uh, ever, right? And it was just one of those crazy things that we're walking around and we we go to a park in College Station and there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on this random day just walking around staring at their phones. And so it was this great phenomenon. So I, I wrote a blog about it, about how we can like how that game was good. You could use it for evangelization. You could use it for... Um, fitness, like I, I think I lost Ted Pounds <laughs> the first couple weeks it, it came out because the whole goal of it is to walk around, right? Um, um, the second most was Stations of the Cross because that's just like timeless, right? So um, I wrote one called the 2 Faced Christian. That was fun. That was my favorite like Snapchat of the year. I, I, I got onto Snapchat this year and it was one of those things where you can do like the face swap but not with somebody with you. I did it with a picture and like Two-Face from Batman. Like, I did a face swap with that, and I did a video, and like, it was the coolest thing ever because I looked like Two-Face. It was awesome, right? So it was like my half on one side, and then like super weird, like Two-Face skin on the other side, right? And then uh, another one's called the lying minister epidemic, talking about how uh, a lot of times people in ministry lie to themselves, and they think they have to be perfect all the time, so you can check that out if that interests you. And then uh, the fifth one I actually talked about on the air a little bit, how a, how a Muslim on TV may be a better Catholic. So... You want to go check out any of those those were the most listened to so some people enjoyed them so maybe you might as well um, you can kind of join in that way so uh speaking of technology i want to kind of look at technology and do this thing we don't have fancy music for it yet or a fancy intro but uh this segment called test everything and retain what is good right there's a scripture that sa- that says exactly that so in our prayer in our discernment we're supposed to take something that is is neutral like technology it's neither like by default it's not great or bad like it's not something holy and it's not something of the devil (laughs) in and of itself but there are pros and cons to it for for a spiritual person right and i want to look at this because it's as i was reminiscing about 2016 i was thinking about the difference like even from my childhood how like Snapchat wasn't a thing, right? Like I couldn't be two faced as a four year old, right? And like just how how quickly things have changed, and and also just being able to like my ability to look back on 2016 through these stats on the website, through like uh, you know Facebook always says these are your most liked things or your their best pictures from 2016. I'm able to look back at my um at just at my year. Like today on my on my daughter's birthday, I had this app called Time Hop that lets you look at what you've posted every every year, like, on this date. So on it goes through January 3rd and shows you back. And I'm able to, like, see a picture of Maggie at one years old and Maggie on her birthday, right? And it was actually at that point, like, that I realized that my daughter was born with, like, this spot, like, this, like, s- little, like, dark spot on her on her cheekbone. And it wasn't until today that I realized that that was a thing and it was gone. Like, I was worried about it when I was, like, when she was little. I was like, oh, is she going to have this, like, dot on her face, you know, like, her whole life? It's like it wouldn't be the biggest deal in the world, but like it's not, you know, I would hope that she wouldn't have it, right? And then I looked at it, I looked at the picture today, I was like, oh yeah, I guess it just went away after a while because I was there for quite some time. But so I want to look at the pros and cons. Let's look at technology, let's test it and retain what is good and get rid of the stuff that ain't so good about it. So one of the reasons that I want to talk about this topic, it's just a topic that I love. I I absolutely love Technology. I love my phone. I love my iPad. I love my computer. Like, you're able to hear this show right now because of technology, whether you're listening live on radio. Like, if you think about how crazy that is, that I'm like, (laughs) we all take it for granted. I'm able to sit in a room and you are able to listen to it in Bulgaria. Like, (laughs) you could listen to this from anywhere in the world. That's absolutely mind blowing, right? Um, so there's some great things about it. I also love playing video games. That's like my stress relief. That's how. That's like kind of my thing that I do for enjoyment. I love research and new tech. Like when n- new things come out, I'm always like, oh, what are the people saying about it? What's the, What are the pros and cons of that? Uh, I love working with computers. If I wasn't in ministry, I'd probably be doing something working with computers. So it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. So I have to look at it myself and be like, okay, what about this? My love of technology is good and leads to good things. And what about it is maybe not so good right so let's look at time first with technology so the pro is that technology can save time right i don't know if you've heard there's these things called aeroplanes that you could like get on and instead of walking from here to ottawa canada you can get on this aeroplane and it takes about you know four or five hours maybe a little bit more if uh if you uh get checked by tsa or something because you're a heathen but uh it saves a lot of time, right? Like, even on our phones, like, it can, say, it can save us time from, like, you know, like, arguments back in the day used to actually be arguments. Like, in the 90s, we could argue over who won the World Series last year. Now I can ask Siri, and she pops up and is like, yes, Taylor, what may I do for you, right? Like, we, it just, like, ended arguments because we can find everything. It does save a lot of time on just trivial stuff, but on, on good stuff, too. Like, if I want to know what the readings for Mass are today, I can Google readings from math today, and they pop up on my phone immediately, right? So it saves time. The con is it can actually take time away from important things, right? So it's a very neutral thing. It's how we use it, right? So it, it can save us time, but it can also take time away from, from things that are important. I, um, of course, would never do this wrong. Actually, actually, I'm pretty terrible at it, right? So, like, I can be on my phone, or I can be play, playing video games, or I can be on my computer... And like not spending as much time with my family or praying or focusing on other things that that are important in my life, right? So like if I get entrenched in a text message or I get entrenched in answering emails or entrenched in, you know, watching a football game or something, I could, you know, abuse that and be and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, right? There's nothing wrong with answering text message or email or watching football, but I can get so entrenched in those things and spend too much time in them that my um, my ranking of what's important. And what i'm actually doing don't don't match up right so let's look at connectability there's one of the great pros about technology is that we can stay in contact with each other easier than ever right like there, you know, through facebook and twitter and snapchat and instagram and my face and all these things that that we can connect with um we can stay connected with with family members with friends with old classmates um for example like we you know we Used to live in the same town as as my parents, so they got a lot of time with their grandkids, right? We moved about two and a half hours away, so obviously that time has shrunk. But there's this, we're able to like my parents and my sisters, their aunt, my kids' aunts are still ha- able to have great relationships with my kids because we can Facetime at any point that we want to, right? I can pull up on my phone. We can you know, I can they can see us. We can see them. And my kids like my, like my mom will play like matching games and do like flashcards with them over the phone um it's just a really neat way that we can all stay connected right i'm able to like connect with other people that i haven't talked to in forever we're able to to use it to like share like even to like share things about faith or what god's doing in our life with people on facebook it's like oh we're friends with somebody in high school that like you know you never know who could who needed to hear what you had to say right um one of the cons is, and this happens a lot with millennials. I myself sadly am a millennial, but um, we can lose our ability c- to connect with people in person or connect deeply with the people around us, right? this You see this a lot like people hanging out, and you know people will be on a date, <laughs> and they're both just sitting there on their phones. Um, I could call them out because my wife and I have done it right? Like well, you know, It's not like we don't like each other, we obviously do, but we can just get kind of entrenched in what we're doing. And not really focusing on, on the on those relationships. When I, I used to wait tables uh, when I was in college, one of the coolest things that I saw was a group of of college students, like nine college girls, and what they what they did when they went out to dinner to kind of fight against this is everybody would take their phones, put them put them on vibrate or on silent. And they'd put them in the middle of the table, so that you know if you can imagine, they have their drink to their right, they have their plate, and then there's just like nine phones in the middle of the table. So I walk up and I'm like, "All right, guys, like, what's what's happening? Like, this is odd behavior, right?" So they're what they one of them told me was like, "Okay, we want to be able to spend this quality time together, and we don't want to be tempted by by our phones." So the deal that they made. Was the first person to touch their phone before the bill is paid? Not only pays their bill, but pays the entire table's bill, right? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, like I get the goodness in that. Like the 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 crazy person in me is like, like what if like you get an important phone call (laughs) and it's like, uh, I have to wait. Like I've been waiting on this phone call. It says like President of the United States on it. It's like, well, I could answer this call. Or I could pay $112 for everyone's meal, right? So, But anyway, I, I did think it was a, a pretty cool idea. Um, but yeah, so like it helps us to stay connected if we use it correctly. But we can also use that incorrectly and not be connected to the people that are in the same room with us, right? Um, access. So one of the pros is like, like never before we have access to insane amounts of information instantaneously. You kind of alluded to this earlier. We can Google it so we don't, we, you know, this, it like ends arguments immediately. But like we can learn anything that we want to, <laughs> right? So I don't know about you guys, but I've stayed up really late at night sometimes. Like I just Google something and then I go to like my most trusted website of all time, Wikipedia, and I click something. And if you've ever been on Wikipedia, all of you students out there, you know. So there's like the black words, right? And then there's these little blue words and there's one about – there's like one or two every sentence. And what those blue words are are links to the Wikipedia page about that word, right? So like I could start at like 8 p.m. just looking up one thing and then realize like three hours later, you know, like I'm – started like researching like why elephants have trunks – and now three hours later, I'm like reading the backlog of Ninja Turtles and like how they came into existence. Like, how did I even get here? Right. So we have access to all of this information. So we could, you know, how can we use that for good? Like you could find out faith questions like crazy. Like we had we had Jimmy Aiken on the show a couple of a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you can, if you hadn't listened to it, you could check it out. It's podcast episode number 10 on iTunes, and, on iTunes and SoundCloud. That was actually the most listened to. Podcast of 2016, so go check it out if you hadn't listened to it yet. But he works for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com, and that's actually how I found out about him. You can go to this website and search like you can have the most obscure question about the faith, and there's most likely an answer to it on Catholic Answers on Catholic.com, and like that's one of the biggest ways that I grew in my faith because I like in college I'd get my faith challenged and I was like I don't know but I'll get back to you. And I'd go to Catholic Answers and I'd find the answer and they have answered these questions. I'm like, I would you know, back in the, before the interwebs, I would have to like go in either find somebody who knew all the answers, which is almost no one, right? Like call up Pope Benedict or like go find an encyclopedia. And I don't know about you, but like me and books don't really mix that well, especially big books like encyclopedias. So the ability to just look this stuff up instantly is fantastic. The con comes that with um, also comes with instant access to a lot of things contrary to the good news of the gospel, right? So, I mean, there are many things in this little device in my hand, this phone that I have, that I can have instant access to that would take, immediately take me away from godly things, right? So it's like, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I deal with that? So I think the, the answer is um, you need to baptize your tech. So that I'm not telling you to take your phone, your iPad, and, uh, and like, your your computer and just toss them in water and say, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, right? What I'm saying is, what, like, what is baptism? It's taking something that's not Christian and making it Christian, right? If you think about it, like you weren't a Christian until you were baptized, and then you were baptized, and now you're Christian, right? So taking these things that are neutral, like our technology, and baptizing them, right? Um, Christianity has always done this with things like Christmas. Like Christmas wasn't was um, what is it the winter solstice, right? That um, and we made it Christmas. We took liturgy things from the Jewish tradition, like the mass and the sa- the celebration of the Sabbath, looked very very similar. We t- we took things and baptized them, made them Christian. The cross, <laughs> the cross was a symbol of death and torture and now we wear it around our necks you know and we baptize it and made it the sign of love and hope right we didn't do that Jesus did we just kind of followed along with that so we've we have taken these things that are neutral or even bad like the cross and baptized them and made them good so how can we baptize our phone there's a couple of ways there are a, an amazing group of apps um on the on the phone the the biggest one that i use is called the u version bible app if you just like Go to your app store on your iPhone or on um, your you know let you know inferior phone. <laughs> you can the app is called Uversion, the Bible app. They have great reading plans. They have the whole Bible. There are Catholic versions of the Bible on it that I use. Um, there's another app called Laudate. There's iBreaver. You can like find great Catholic prayers. You can find um, like confession apps or the hours. All those kinds of things. Um, and there are also other apps that that you already have, like Snapchat, Facebook, your your MySpace page that um, has been deactivated now. You, we can use those things not to like bombard people with you know like always <laughs> you're talking about Jesus and condemning them for their sins or something, but like just living your life. But then like part of, a big part of your life is your faith, right? So sharing those types of things on social media, and then also for me, like I love video games. I love you know I don't know I love. Netflix, you know, probably everybody listening has binge watched something on Netflix. One thing that's really helped me, like when I'm struggling in my prayer is like, oh, I'm not going to watch Netflix or play video games until I pray today. So like that was like praying was kind of my gateway into my entertainment. Right. And, and that's really helped me a lot. So um, I hope that that helps you out and kind of encourages you and gives you some ideas on how to baptize your tech on how to like like technology isn't a bad thing the church isn't anti-technology it is actually like pro-technology in the good way of like let's use this stuff to further the gospel um so thank you for joining us tonight i am taylor stroll you can check me out all my social media stuff is on my website f-o-r-t-e catholic.com we'll see you next week for another great week see ya